there is quite a sharp contrast between the Lord's way and the way of what I would call religious severity. His way was gentle, wise, divine, and I would say humane. What a wise Savior we have. Welcome to Life Study, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study is a study of the Bible emphasizing life. Jesus said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." Life Study is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchmanee and Witness Lee. Watchmanee began this ministry in China in the 1920s and continued it until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962. Before we join Witness Lee with today's life study of John, we would like to give you our toll-free number through which you may obtain a free copy of today's message. That toll-free number is 1888 Life Study. Again, that is 1888-543-3788. With us in the studio once again is Ron Kangas. Ron has been an editor with Living Stream Ministry for over 20 years. Ron, it's always good to have you with us. And it's always good to be together fellowshipping in the word of God. In our last program, we fellowshiped about the first part of John 4 and the woman at the well not being satisfied. The Lord told her that if she continued to drink of that water, she would never be satisfied, and this is evidenced by the fact that she went from husband to husband, and even the one that she was with at the time, she was not married to. This is a thirsty, thirsty woman, and what the Lord offered her was not religion, but himself as another kind of water, living water. Isn't this what the Lord is saying to all of us in that we never seem to be satisfied? It certainly is. We all are thirsty because deep within us we have a craving for God. We were designed and created by him as vessels to contain him. But what people do practically is they go from one thing to another, one husband to another, one car to another, one house to another. and all their attempts to find satisfaction in relationships or in material things or even in religion is an expression of an underlying thirst for God a great servant of the lord hudson taylor the founder of the china inland mission defined thirst as any unsatisfied longing thank you ron i think this background will help us as we explore this case more deeply now let's join witness lee in today's life study of john chapter 4 john chapter 4 is a good example for gospel preaching talk you all have to learn the way to talk with a sinner just by that short talk this woman got attracted See right away start to ask the sinner ask for the living water because the Lord told her if you know who I am and if you know what is God's gift and if you know the living water that I would give people surely you would ask the Lord is a good preacher 
if you know who I am, if you know God's gift, if you know the living water that heaven gives you, surely you will ask. Right away, she asked. <laughs> Then the Savior told her the way to take it. Number one, to repent of her sins and make a confession. Well, this is my interpretation. But the Lord's wise talk was not like this. You know, when the lady asked the Lord of the water, the Lord didn't rebuke her. The Lord didn't say, you have to repent. You have to make a thorough confession of your sins. The Lord didn't say these things. The Lord just softly, gently, okay, you want the living water, I want your husband. Bring your husband, let us treat. Treat your husband with the living water. You bring me your husband, and then I give you the living water. A good talk. Very good talk. <laughs> She said, oh, sir, give me the living water. The Lord just said, okay, go and bring your husband. Let's make a deal. <laughs> you want the living water? I want your husband. <laughs> the Lord was really wise. Because her sinful history is a history of husband. You see the point? When the Lord asked of her, her husband, <laughs> that means what? That means the Lord was trying to touch her conscience with her background. She was wise. She said, I have no husband. It's a truth, yet it is a lie. She told a lie by the, speaking the truth. <laughs> Was that a lie or a truth? You say it. A truthful lie. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Lord Jesus was so gentle. The Lord didn't rebuke her. The Lord even. Rather, I appreciate her. The Lord said, You have said well that you don't have a husband. That's right, you don't have a husband because you have had five, and the one you have now is not your husband. That really, I tell you, <laughs> that really scares her. <laughs> My, isn't this a Jew? Isn't this a Jew? She never lived in our town. How she got to know my background? Who told him? It was not a simple thing. I had five husbands, and now I have one who is not my husband. Who told him? That surely 
purged her conscience. Ron, let's break in here. As the Lord is presenting the living water to this thirsty, sinful woman, not only is the Lord unveiling himself to her as the living water to satisfy her thirst, but explain to us his wisdom in how he is showing her the way to take it. Underlying the Lord's way of dealing with her, I believe, is the fact that human beings were created as vessels to contain the Lord as the living water. But here we have a sinful woman, an immoral woman, representing all of us. And the Lord has brought her to the point where she is asking for living water, which is really God himself. The Lord in his wisdom realized that before the very God can come into a human vessel, that human being needs to repent of sins and make a genuine confession to the Lord. So the Lord in his wisdom touched her conscience, not by rebuking her, but by unveiling her situation. There is, uh, in my view, quite a sharp contrast between the Lord's way of dealing with a sinful woman in the way of what I would call religious severity. Those that practice this kind of severe religious way of preaching the gospel would go up to her and rebuke her and condemn her, command her to repent. The Lord surely is much more knowing than we of our need to repent. But his way was gentle, wise, divine, and I would say humane. Furthermore, very effective in touching her precisely and tenderly in order to bring her to the point of confession and repentance. What a wise Savior we have. Well, the Lord so gently opened her conscience, but she again, like us, tries quickly to change the subject from her personal life to religion. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. By the Lord's gracious and wise talk, that woman's conscience surely was touched. Number one way to minister the gospel is to touch people's conscience. Then the woman was quite wise. Right away, she turned the talk from husband to worship. Naughty. That lady was naughty. Such an immoral woman still talk about the worship of God. She didn't confess her sins. She turned the subject from her husband to the worship of God, saying, Our Father told us to worship God on this mount, but you Jews say to worship God in Jerusalem. I tell you, this was her wisdom to turn the subject of her shame to something so glorious. 
Then, listen to this, the Lord Jesus was always wise. Right away, the Lord Jesus took her word to reveal to her the proper way to receive the living water. The Lord told her that God is a spirit. To worship God is to contact God. And to contact God is not a matter of this place or that place, but a matter in your spirit. You listen to the word of the Lord. He said, now the hour is come. And this means what? This means the age is changed. Yes, in the past, in the past, in Moses' law, God did ordain his people to worship him at a chosen place where God would set his habitation there under his name. One unique place where God set his habitation under his name. All God's worshipers had to go to that unique place. But now, the Lord said, the hour is come. The age has been changed. That in the past was a type. Now is the fulfillment. In type, the place actually shouldn't be a place. The place has to be the human spirit where God is going to set up his habitation under his name. Today, where is the unique place for God's people to worship God? Where? Our human spirit. According to Ephesians 2, today God's habitation is in our spirit. You know, why God in ancient time ordained his people to worship him all in one place? For the purpose to keep unity. In ancient time, God ordained one place that all his people had to go there to worship him to keep unity. God would never allow any of his people to worship in any second place. If anyone would worship him in a second place, I tell you, right away, the unity among God's people would be damaged. And today, where could we keep unity? In spirit. I tell you, in our mentality, in our understanding, in our concept, in our doctrine, in our teaching, everyone is different from the other. I don't believe even this morning one couple or two persons would be exactly the same. Even the husband would not be the same with that wife, neither the wife would be the same with the husband. All people have different concepts. You have your concept, and I have my concept. You have your way, and I have my way. You have your view, and I have my view. And how could we be one according to our views? So we forget about the views. We all have to come where? We all have to come to our spirit. Sister, 
turn to your spirit. Brother, turn to your spirit. Older brother, turn to your spirit. Younger brother, turn to your spirit. When we would all turn to spirit, hallelujah, we are one. Here is the place that we worship God. Here is the means that we contact God. God is spirit, and we have to worship him in our spirit. And we have to know, whenever we worship God in our spirit, that means what? That means we drink God as the living water. When we say, praise God in our spirit, I tell you, right away, you have a drink. Right away, you take a drink. Then, if you would say more, praise God, oh, Father, I worship you. If you say this in your spirit, my, you are drinking. That is the way to drink the living water. Ron, this interaction between the Lord Jesus and this sinner is really interesting as he leads her to actually take the living water. As we saw already, first he touched her conscience to open her up, but then she tries to change the subject to religion. How does he use her own words to unveil the secret of how to take this living water? When the woman was touched quite deeply, she tried a diversionary tactic of raising a religious question. The question is, where is the proper place to worship? Jerusalem or on this mountain? Either or, which is it? So the Lord picked up her question, and then he used the very question to point her to the crucial part of her being which she needed to exercise to receive him as living water. He said, it's not a matter of place. It's not Jerusalem. It's not this mountain. We are living in a new age which I am bringing in The real place to worship is in the human spirit. So he, we could say, capitalized upon her question and redirected the question to point her not to something physical, but to the deepest part of her being created by God, that is, the human spirit, the organ designed to contact God, receive God, Drink God and contain God. Thanks, Ron. The key to drinking the living water is really our human spirit. But the Lord had more help for her related to the topic of worship. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Not only so, the Lord said, Now is the time that the two worshipers worship God, not only in their spirit, but also in reality. This is the hard thing for today's Christian to understand. But if we look back to the type, we can see. In the ancient time, God ordained his people to worship him, number one, at an appointed place. Number two, with all offerings. 
You cannot worship God at any place you like in the ancient time. And you cannot worship God without offerings. You need the offerings. Why? Because we all are sinful. We come to contact God. We need the offerings. We need the trespass offering. We need the sin offering. We need the peace offering. We need meal offering. We need burn offering. We need the heave offering. We need the wave offering. We need so many offerings. But now we know all the offerings are types of all the aspects of Christ. Christ today is our real trespass offering. He's our real sin offering. He's our real meal offering, peace offering, and bear offering. He is ever offering in actuality. So today, we worship God in our spirit instead of in a place. And today we worship God with Christ, in Christ, as the reality of all the offerings. According to John 4.24, we have to worship our God the Father in our spirit. Amen. And with Christ as our reality. Amen. How to do it? You know, all the offerings, the sin offering, the trespass offering, the peace offering, meal offering, and so forth, all the offerings, after being offered, became food to the offerers. Of course, burnt offering is an exception. Now, when you would give a testimony of your experience of Christ in the eyes of God to his sensation, this is an offering you made of Christ to God. And this offering eventually will become food to this brother and to me, to all the worshipers. You see the point? It is not a traditional way to worship God, but in the spirit, with the experienced Christ offered to God to satisfy him and to feed all the other worshipers. This is the real worship today to God. But I do believe the Lord would impress you with the proper worship. And I have to say, this proper worship is all the time to drink the living water. God the Spirit is the living water. And our organ to drink the living water is our human spirit. Whenever we exercise our human spirit to contact God, the living spirit, we just drink of God as the living water in His Son, Jesus Christ. Ron, in this last portion today, Witness Lee opens up another item related to our worship. Since this is probably a bit difficult for many Christians to understand, can you share a little more about the connection of the offerings to our genuine worship of God? There is a verse uh, in Deuteronomy in which the Lord tells his people regarding worship, you shall not appear before the Lord empty. You need to have something with which to worship the Father. 
It's very good that we are in our regenerated spirit, exercising our spirit. But what will we offer the Father? What will satisfy Him? According to the full revelation of the Scriptures, particularly the New Testament, the only thing that satisfies God is Christ. The offerings in the Old Testament point to Christ in his all-inclusive death as the one who solves all of our problems and meets all of our needs. We have trespasses and sins, but he died for our sins. We ourselves are a flesh of sin, but Christ was made sin for us. We have no peace with God or each other, but Christ is our peace offering. Our humanity is fallen and warped and unbalanced, but Christ is the perfect human being. We are not for God, we're just for ourselves, even as we are allegedly worshiping God. But Christ is the one who is absolutely for God. And all the offerings in the Old Testament point to Christ as the one who satisfied all of God's requirements and meets all of our needs. So the marvelous thing is this. When we sinners repent and turn to the Lord, God provides Christ to us as our Savior, as our offerings. As we realize further, Lord, I'm wrong in my humanity. I I don't have peace. I am just a flesh of sin. I am for myself. As we confess this, the spirit of reality causes us to realize Christ is all of these things. So we experience and enjoy and appreciate Christ. Now when we come to worship the Father, we not only know to worship Him in our spirit, but we want to offer up to Him the Christ we appreciate, the Christ we enjoy. So first, God has given Christ to us. Now we, through our experience of Christ, now have the Christ we enjoyed to offer to God. This, according to the New Testament, particularly John, is what is meant by reality. When we come before the Lord, praying, calling on Him, singing hymns of praise, what is in us? Are we empty? Or do we have something of Christ as a reality that we have enjoyed, that we have experienced, and now we can come to our Father and say, Father, I offer you for your enjoyment the wonderful Christ whom you have given me. In this kind of worship, not only we are satisfied, God is satisfied, and there is mutual satisfaction and rest. This is the kind of worship, and these are the kind of worshipers the Father is seeking. Thank you, Ron. May we all be those who worship in spirit and reality. If you would like a free copy of today's Life Study message and a gift copy of the Stream magazine, call toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's one 888 543 3788 or write us at Living Stream Ministry P.O. Box 2121 Anaheim, California 
888-928-9214. Or visit us at our website, www.lsm.org. That's www.lsm.org. In addition, books by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee can be obtained through your local Christian bookstore. Our number again is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY.